Blog Talk Radio. I need is one mic, one beat, one stage, one nigga front, my face on the front page, only if I had one gun, one girl and one crib, one God to show me how to do things as son did, pure, like a cup of virgin blood, mixed with 151, one sip will make a nigga flip, writing names on my hollow tips, plotting shit, mad violence, who I'm gon' body, this hood politics, acknowledge leave bodies chopped up in garbage, seeds watch us, grow up and try to follow us, police watch us, roll up and try knocking us, one knee, I up. Could it be my time is up with my love? I got up. The cops shot again. Bus stop glass burst. A fiend drops his Heineken. Ricocheting between the spots that I'm hiding in. Blacking out. I shoot back. Fuck getting hit. This is my hood. I'm a rat. To the death of it. To everybody. Come on. Little niggas is grown. Hood rats. Don't abortion your wound. We need more warriors soon. Sit from the stars, sun and the moon. And it's like a police chase. The street sweepers and coppers. Sick up kids with no conscience. Leaving victims with doctors. If you really think you're ready to die. We're not out. This is what is about, nigga. The time is All I need is one mic. All I need is one mic. All I need is one mic. What's up? What's up? Wakusu, wake up, clean up, king up, queen up, but definitely stand the hell up. Whatever you do, please stand the hell up. What's going on, man? It's your brother, Yang and Kruma, being joined by, always, as always, and prayerfully always for many more Tuesdays to come, my wonderful queen, um, sister, Makeda. Makeda, what's going on with Kusu? You heard You there? Can you hear me? I can hear you just fine. Okay, we have you. Now. Oh, my God. That's what's up. You can hear me? I can hear you. We oh, can hear you. Look, um, yes, 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 yes. Um, everything's good. How are you, brother? I'm good. I'm good. Just we're waiting on, and, and we'll be joined uh, momentarily by our brother, Shaka. Man, I'm good. I'm looking forward to this whole, okay. you know, the con- this this whole conversation. I think this is, here. it's not different from what what we usually talk about. Um, on the radio and off when we have the opportunity to speak with one another. But I think that it's just a change of pace for us. Not different not different topics, just uh, a different way of looking at things and approaching it. So I, I would say probably a, diff- a change of pace. But, right. okay. yeah, yeah. yeah, this is good. I see that. So, yeah, so brothers and sisters, what we're talking about, we're talking about the nuts and bolts of revolution. I was talking to my brother Shaka earlier today, and we were just kicking it. We were chopping it up about everything that's going on from the whole GMJ, um, who, and for those people that don't know the initials, that's J with the whole Infact uh, movement, to just, you know, being fathers, being black fathers. So, you know, parenting came up. Um, and everything, and, and, and being a revolutionary. But the, I think one of the major things for that discussion that came out of it for me was how 
when we say revolutionary or revolution and we're looking for that change, how many of us really don't want to change? We just want, okay? You feel me, sis? We really just want to fit. You know, yes. we yeah, really you know just want the vent. Talk to me. Well, you know what? We've, we've, we've been talking for so long. One of the things that, that honestly, like, it really upset me, um, and I realized this around the time of the uh, Trayvon Martin verdict. I realized uh-huh. that very thing. And, and at that time, I was actually um, – I was actually really heavy in the poetry scene here in uh in St. Louis and mm-hmm. I got so angry because I hear the disgust, I hear the hurt, I was hearing the I was hearing everything but fix it, you know, and and honestly, like I'm a I am a solution-based person. So and and that was you know at that time like well, at that time without any without any uh, uh, point of reference for revolution, I was still mm-hmm. a you know a solutions based person, and I heard nothing and it made me it made me walk away from poetry at that moment because I was like we're not doing anything but talking, we literally mm-hmm. are not doing anything so, but talking, and I don't want to hear another take us back word. To that. Take us back to that precise aha moment, like were you on a set or something, and like just it, it just hit I you. I mean, when did it just really be? Yeah, I was actually reading. I was reading a post on Facebook that was a post from a friend who was, you know, he's he was also a member of the poetry community here, um, and I I kept seeing. Like, right after seeing his, I kept seeing other posts, and I was like, no, no, absolutely not. We're just talking. I don't want to hear one. I don't want to hear another damn word. Like, this, it sounds good, but it's really all it is, all it's, all it's playing and replaying at this point is our pain speaking, but we're not solving it. And it just really yeah. upset me to that that degree that I was like, no, I, I, I can't, I can't. And um, I didn't want to hear another word from my own mouth. You know, I didn't want to say not another word because I felt at that moment um, during the Trayvon Martin case, I, or after, you know, after that verdict was returned that, that Zimmerman was, was not going to be charged. Mm-hmm. I saw that as, the beginning, the the open season on black folks in in another kind of way. Like, you know mm-hmm. it's been going on, but I saw it as the open season on black folks in another kind of way. And mm-hmm. to have seen that and then to see people just, you know, going back to speaking the pain as opposed to solving the problem that we have with our, our relationship in this colonial, you know, this colonial situation we find ourselves in now. Like, no, mm-hmm. I, I just couldn't. And then here in St. Louis, it was a hotbed of activity. Like, you had that happen, and then, you know, a few years later, you have um, 
or a couple of years later, you right. have Mike Brown. Then you had, right. uh, then we had, we turned around, we had Kajimi Powell. We had this, this young brother, Von Derrick Myers. Like we, they just kept hitting us with them. And Von Derrick Myers was actually, it actually happened in the neighborhood where my son was. He used to go to the very market that that boy got killed next to. And I was like, wow. oh, we can't still be mm-hmm. writing about this stuff. Y'all not mad. Y'all not mad. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, 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 no. So no, that was, I think that was kind of but my... you know what though? I think they, <clears throat> I think the people are mad. I, I genuinely think that that anger is sincere. You know, um, I, I don't you know, know how I do, far. It... I, do too. I do too. Now, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I do too. Now, no, go ahead. at that time though, at that at that moment, I was like, no, and that's like it was. It was around the time of um, it was around the time of Mike Brown, like shortly after the the, the murder of Mike Brown, that I actually mm-hmm. came into uh, the movement, the Ahura movement, and you know got some political understanding behind all of the all of the pain and whatnot that I was feeling and needed to needed to express some type of correction toward you know. And mm-hmm. that's when I started to understand that, yes, the people are are upset. They don't know how to express that. They don't know how to engage this beast that we're fighting. They don't know how. Mm-hmm. So well, that's, you know, that's you what know, it I, kind of boiled down to. Because at first I was just pissed off at everybody because y'all just talking. That's, uh, that's all I thought. Right. And, and that's what we see happening now. You know, I read the post. I, I see the lives and I, you know, I feel the sentiment, the same thing. We're talking, we're talking, which is a, is a necessary part. I think what what's happened, first of all, let me say this. I think the first amendment probably is the biggest uh, bullshitter of the people you could give the people. You know, it's like, yeah, okay. You know, y'all can get together and bitch and cry. We're not going to, don't do nothing. You know, don't you don't you do a damn thing. But you know, if y'all want to get together and stand in front of the steps and and you know, saying "Come by here, Lord," yeah, you know, say what you want to say. I think that is the and and one of has been pushed and promoted as democracy and the cornerstone of democracy. No, no, nothing about a government for the people, by the people, being represented for the people, the best interests of the people, the people receiving the residuals. Again, none of that good shit. You dig? Um, so I think that that is one of the the biggest farce or the biggest guilt, not guilt relievers, um, biggest farces they could put on the people to make the people think they're doing something. I said all that to say right. to go into when you hand the people, when you have a, uh, and I love what our chief says. The chief says we, we've been domesticated. He can say the most profound thing. Man, he'll say it in a way you'll be so angry. But you And I love it because you have to be angry at the truth of it. We become so domesticated that the only thing we're really protesting I have a problem with is the mistreatment in captivity. Like, you know, so what I say is now we're screaming about the police killing us because that is the major thing. We're still not talking about the food deserts, the poor curriculum, economic exploitation. You know what I'm saying? The immorality that has just been visited upon our community and pushed and promoted as uh, normal or as you know you're infringing on people if you have some fuck freaking moral damn stance infringing on other people 
So, you know, all of these, this warfare that is waged against the black community, since really those needs are semi-met or even if you have issues with them, they're addressed. You know, if you have food issues, you have the government gives you places you can go to, you get food stamps. That's kind of an addressed issue. So what we do, we act out against the things. We're like a dog that's saying, hey, you know, we don't mind being your dog, just don't kick us, you know. And right. that's that's right. my problem. I, I, I don't think that our protest, our struggle, I think our, I think we stop at protest. We protest a particular mm-hmm. or specific injustice, and we, we, we don't elevate it to freedom fighting. And the way to do that yeah. is to show that you are not free in any sense of the word. Right. And I think right. when this fight escalates, when we begin to put out, in my opinion, one of our biggest philosophies, like my ideology is revolutionary black nationalism, revolutionary pan-Africanism. You know what I'm saying? I'm a universal African, you know, universal Africanism. So, but my philosophy to achieve these things, to see this coming to fruition, is the philosophy of self-determination. I think us as a people have to embrace that philosophy and have to say, if we're not doing it for ourselves, getting it for ourselves, by ourselves, and don't have to fear of don't have to fear people saying, hey, you know what, we're going to withhold or, and all of that junk, then we're never truly free. Free people have to have choices, you know. And, and so, right. you know, that's my spiel. Listen, let me say this, too. Man, you're on Let's Talk About It. You're on here with uh, your brother Yanger, Sister Makeda. We're waiting on our brother Shaka coming in. If anybody who listens to the show knows my man does the trucking, so he may be in one of those zones <laughs> or off. But we're going to keep it pumping until he gets in. And we're just talking about the nuts and bolts of the revolution. The everyday, you know, political education is super important. But I believe in revolutionary politics. You know, yeah. Like I, like um, Chairman Deputy, Deputy Chairman Fred Hamp Sr. said of the uh, Chicago, Illinois Black Panther Party for self-defense, he said politics is everything and everything is politics. So I believe in everyday life, all the way down to the foods that you eat and the things you watch on television, being a part of your politics. And if we're not willing to begin to change those things, if we're comfortable, we have to examine everything in our life, everything, and decide whether it's beneficial or not. What do you think? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh Absolutely. You know, our our chairman says the same thing uh, with regard to, you know, everything being political. And a lot of people, a lot of people equate the the political apparatus with the fact that, you know, everything is politics. When we say everything is politics, they confuse it. Like, you know, this is not about. Uh, who you are in electing in in such a sense as you know it is it matters who is you know who is elected and the policy that they push and this that and the other but you have to understand that the policy they push is connected to what actually happens in your life and that is political that's the political part you know what you eat where you live you know, how you relate to each other, you know, where you go to school, where the schools are closing down, you know, all of this stuff affects your life directly. And it is, in that sense, political. And we have to have, you know, we have to have the understanding 
that it goes beyond, you know, what you do when you go behind the curtain or, you know, pull the lever. Like, I've only voted once in life, for real. <laughs> because, you know, I've never seen what? I've never seen black power represented. You know what I'm saying? Nah. So as long as black power is not being represented in those spaces, what am I voting for? But my life, everything that has to do with what's real in my life is still political. You know, it's still mm-hmm. a part of of this process that we have to engage in. And whether we vote or not, we have to be engaged in changing the politics that surrounds and, and that shapes what's going on with our lives. We have to be involved in that. And that don't necessarily mean that, you know, you going into the into their process, this colonial process, to participate in this nonviolent, you know, competition that they have between each other. Because again, we're not yeah. represented there. We're not represented. Absolutely. There. So, Absolutely. You know, you know I agree with it's that. It's something you really need to think about. Mm-hmm. I, you, I, I totally agree with that. You know, but here's my take, and I know I'm controversial on that because I'm very much revolutionary. I'm not a reformist. I have probably so much. It. I have so much. Uh, not just vested it. Vested. But, uh, man, it would be so, it is just so much more beneficial for me and my wife to be a revolutionary. I mean, the system has given me a scarlet letter. So they have rejected me. But to say all of that, I will say this. For you, brother, for brothers and sisters out there with their guns, your marching, your, um, what are are you calling these marches now? I I see, um, they're calling them Second Amendment marches. You know, your, um. I don't know what you're trying to do. I don't think they threaten your Second Amendment, but if they have, I may have slept on that. But anyway, you're letting them know, hey, we like the Second Amendment. I'm saying, <laughs> I'm saying, take it to the next level. If you're a gun enthusiast, right. if you feel like that it is the black man and black woman's right to bear arms, and you're already demonstrating that through their system and their process, because you're doing it when you go out on Second Amendment marches, then why not push mm-hmm. for something like, hey, you know what, until all black people have the right to defend themselves, we're going to yada, yada, yada. You're not pushing for anything. For those people who right. have so-called paid their debt to society and come in and still denied citizenship, according to them. Point out the contradictions and hypocrisy in the system. You know, because you're using right. the system anyway, but to what avail? So I say this, if you're in the system and you're using the system, because my whole thing is it's not so much I advocate voting, especially on a national level, this whole presidency, but locally, why I say at the very least look into what's going on, because like you wouldn't let no sucker come take money out of your pocket. Would you just let me come knock on you? Every, every paycheck, I come to you and get paycheck, give me that little 20 Let me get that hot 15. Mm-hmm. FICA does it. Mm-hmm. The government does it. You're being taxed mm-hmm. anyway. So if you're giving right. away the so-called representation, you know, and some of that taxation is the difference, or some of that going to vote is the difference between a library and a jail in your community. It's the difference between a school and a liquor store. You know, some Absolutely. of those things are actually on the local ticket, zoning. You know, and I think mm-hmm. a lot of our apathy is just not because, you know, us as revolutionaries who know will say, okay, you know, I don't vote, and we'll give the reason. I think a lot of people, this is my opinion, and please, 
You're more than welcome. And I see you too, uh, NDOS. We're going to open up your mic. Get our national director operations in. It's, I don't think it's so much so that it's, you know, some of us as revolutionaries, like some of the revolutionaries, know, ah, what does it do this? I think the apathy comes from fear of not knowing. Since we don't understand politics, since it's been made to look complicated, since we don't understand the zoning practices and things, it's just easier to say, oh, get involved with that chick. What I got to do with that? Boy, they taxing you, pimping. They in your pocket. They are in right. your pocket. So, I mean, right. you know, and that's my take on that. Hey, Sister Seven, how are you? Greetings. I'm well. Thanks for uh, getting my mic. How are you? And greetings, Sister. How are you? I'm good. I'm oh, good. How yeah. are you doing? This is an interesting topic. I'm I'm so glad I don't get to hang out on Tuesdays often, but this is a real topic because people are very conflicted about this. It's like I want to do more, and I've I've been told voting is the way to do it. Vote or die. That's what Puffy said, you know. And so mm-hmm. I, you know, we know our forefathers died truly doing um, voter registrations and bus burnings and the whole nine. So we know that this voting has been fought for by our forefathers. So it's not trivial, but is it effective, you know? And so it's really, really kind of in the balance, you know what I'm saying? As As a woman, you know, I'm a double minority, you know, triple minority, you know, there's a lot to me. As a woman, there were separate things that had to come in place to vote, you know, things that had to be fought, lines you had to wait, and all this stuff. So, but are we saying now that that's irrelevant? So Mm. I I just just would like to get some more information on that, you know, because I definitely am uh, conflicted in that, you know, because I know anything that they died for can't just be, you know, yeah, you know. At the same time, right. are they representing us? You know, do we have a person to vote for if we did make it out to the vote to the polls and stuff like that? So, um, yeah, I, I would like to know more about that. Wow, well, good I, question. You know I see Shocker and and chimed in. Let me say what Kusu to our brother real quick, and then McKay can go right in. What's going on, brother? Uh, no, he did, and we lost him. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead, Mrs. Makeda. Um, I, you know what? I, I definitely understand that. And there are times when I think about the, the very same thing, you know, how how significant it was that we did fight for certain, you know, we did fight for certain rights. Um, and to, to what I see is that, it drew out the contradiction that, you know, of why we didn't have the right to in the first place, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. why mm-hmm. we were not, why we were not included in that process in the first place. And it also, I think it shows us that we have, you know, we have so much further to go as far as, you know, what it is that we are actually, we should actually be, be pushing to, you know, get into like, it's not necessarily the fight to be a part of their process. But um, as as our chairman always says, we do need to be involved regardless because we do need to continue to draw out those contradictions and show people why 
this is not working. This does not work. This is this wins people to the idea of revolution. Because when you see this a process that you've been you've been a part of for all this time, you know whether you actually do engage and you have um, you have candidates who are willing to step to the center with a a black power platform, and we have you know we we do have the uh, the candidate school now that shows people. It shows not only candidates how they should, you know, present themselves for the people and carry the people into those spaces, but it also shows the people, you know, it 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 gives the people an example of what they should expect from somebody that says that they are going in to represent them. So mm-hmm. that being, you know, that being a part of, you know, what should what should actually be a part of the picture. And when they show you, you know, you hear people say all the time, well, black folks, you can't, you can't go into these spaces and you can't, you know, just talk about black, black, black. Well, nobody's talking about black, 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 anything ever. So if we can't, then why are we a part of this? Again, we're not represented. We're not uh-huh. represented. And it should, it should not be yeah. as simple as us just laying down and giving them, you know, giving up votes when, in fact, we have an interest that's not being met. We have something that's not I being agree. addressed out here. I, mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's, mm-hmm. go ahead. Um, I want to jump in here with you. I'm sorry for interrupt, but go ahead, go ahead. No, I do want you to complete your thought. I don't. No, I'm, 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 I'm good. It was, you know, it was just more of the same. Like, you know, please mm-hmm. go ahead. Um, you know, my thing is. I think that whether Willie Lynch was actual, factual, or whatever, or just fiction, whatever, I think the message in it is the same as what's important. And I think what we see is just a case of Willie Lynch, a case of neocolonialism. It's a a case of those of us that are revolutionary versus the reformists, the reformists versus the revolutionary. Somebody's way got to be the ultimate way. When we're at battle, we look at our Jewish counterparts. The Jews understand they fight and promote Zionism. Not all of them. Not all Jews are Zionists. Let me put that out there so don't have the Jewish community <laughs> hollering at me. I didn't say that. So I'm about Zionist. But <laughs> Zionism is, um, and for those who don't know what Zionism is, they will try to put, see, every, all these supremacists will try to put it off like national. Oh, it's just nationalism like you guys are black nationalists. No, we've never taken anyone's land, hung people from trees, or drug them from trucks. Please don't equate our struggle to anything that you guys are known to history to have done. That's the first. But anyway, Zionism is just extreme Jewish nationalism based on what they perceive God gave them a right to be. This is why religion is dangerous. I mean, their whole invading the illegal state of Israel, the invasion of Palestinian land, is based on their concept of God and what they said God told them. And they, and you say, well, where's your witness? And they bring their brother. Tell them, tell them Epstein. Yes, yes, God said it right here. But anyway, so, with, with, but what they do have, they understand that duality. They understand that they're over here and they're working part of a system. One of the things why us as black people, in my opinion, of course, are very ineffective in the whole political thing, one, we think our salvation is going to be found in this system. That's the first thing. Our salvation mm-hmm. is not going to be found in any re- reformation of this current system. 
Secondly, since we don't understand politics, we don't move like a people. That's why these politics don't represent us. We're our lobbyists. It's just about, I mean, it's capitalism, baby. It's about big dollars. Them lobbyists get in there and they get next to them judges and this and that. Big corporations, they go play golf with the girl white boys. It's a cracker system. And it's a rub and elbow system. Since we don't have lobbyists and they're not going to rub elbows with us anyway, nor do we want to rub elbows, where are our businesses or anything that says if you we don't get something our way, this is where you're going to fill our, our, our pain. This is where you're going to fill us. We're not producing. And, and seeing, okay. It, it if, and, and, and let me say this last part. Mm-hmm. Huh? Please. Let me say this last part. This last part in concluding. Since we're not producers and we can't say we're going to stop producing this, our lack of unity won't even allow us to utilize the limited power we have in consumerism. We, at the very mm-hmm. least, can say we don't have to spin with no damn body. We can tell McDonald's, we can have these white boys fighting. We can tell McDonald's, you know what? Black people ain't going to, we going to, the Whopper is the home of the Negro. We eating with Burger King from here, and McDonald's will kiss our black booties to get black dollars, but lack of unity won't even allow us to use that limited power of consumerism. What were you saying, Sister Seven? I get it. You know, I, I'm hearing the contradiction in it. You know what I'm saying? So on one hand, it's like I'm not being represented. And the other hand, it's like I don't want to be part of their system. And I'm like, we're part of the yeah. system. Unfortunately, we have not set up an infrastructure as to where we have our own hospitals, our own doctors. We're just getting to our own schools in selective areas. We're just getting to the point where we will have our own churches that really are owned by us and run by us. And so we're getting a few businesses in certain industries, but we don't have an infrastructure in government that represents our needs, and we're not trying to get one. So when I hear you say, hey, look, y'all don't represent me, bump y'all, blah, blah, I'm like, okay, well, then you don't want it. You know, you don't want this vote right here. You don't want you don't want to cast in your, your vote because you ain't out here making demands. And like you said, we don't use the dollar correctly. We don't use our time and our voice correctly. And so we, we end up losing. But without the vote, we don't have – there's – we're not even playing on the same game anymore. They they playing check and we're playing checkers, you know. And so we're yeah. losing. We're always going to lose that one. So my you know, my question is though, is it important? You know, because if we don't have our own and we have to play on their court, shouldn't we at least try to get some of our own like positions in place, some some things that benefit us? Okay, would you like to You you know, I, I have a I have a thought about, you know, what what benefits us when the people who look like us who get into office are only seeking, you know, only seeking to solidify their own their own position in such a way that it, you know, it creates um benefits for them. I mean, you know, it's not it, that that whole neo-colonialist. Uh, we're trading in of we're trading in masters. You know, I saw where a bunch of uh, you have a lot of um, a host of black women who are in different positions of power, 
But where that power is actually concerned, how does that benefit us when these things, you know, with regard to the police chief being this, you know, a black woman, the judge being a black woman, you know, um, this person being a black woman, like all these different positions, but when they get in those positions, they're not even allowed to act be act on the behalf of black people. Like mm-hmm. this because it's still a white system. And that's you know, if if it were such if it was such a if it was such a, a situation where we were actually benefiting, I could see that. You know, like that would be significant for us. But then you have people who just get in those positions and then they don't fight for it. They don't fight for us. Because they go, well, I'm being blocked on every side. One of the things that people said a lot about Barack Obama, well, he can't, you know, he can't just be a president for black people. But we didn't see anything. Like, you know, you, you saw I don't. For okay, is that absolutely true? Is that uh-huh. absolutely true? I've heard us say that. We didn't see anything. What I'm saying is we didn't see the changes that were that were significant for black people where you saw them happening for groups like the LGBTQIA, whatever, the alphabet people. You didn't see, you know, you didn't see the changes that were needed structurally to put us in, but, you know, put us in a better position. We didn't see I would that. Agree. That didn't come up for us. I- I would agree, but let me let me let me let me jump in here, because I would agree, and I not to sound like this great big President Barack supporter. I would agree with that, but I think and now here's where my nationalism comes in because whereas I the thing about the LGBTQ community, it's not like they shit. I mean, and I'm not, I'm, you know, truth is truth. It's not like in the very beginning they had very big support. From outside their community What they did was recognize they were a community Our lack of unity mm-hmm. Allowed yes. us to be picked Absolutely. off Absolutely You yes. know what I'm saying so, yes. so what we did So what President Obama did Is he threw some shit out there Our lack of Moving as a unit He brought internet One of the things that he did do A lot of people don't talk about is Because I've been to the rural south He made Internet access, he made it accessible for rural people to get access. Yeah, white people are always going to show the white people that look. The white, rural white people got, but some Negroes benefited from that. Black people, been, but we didn't have, but white people, rural white people, when they got that, they ran with it. So they had the backing to even take that further. They had civil backing, they had community backing. Niggas got internet access and went straight to Amazon.com, Pornhub. Oh, I'm joking about us black folks. It's a joke. But what I'm saying is we didn't take a bet. We had free phones, God's sake. Ain't no way we could have. I saw the hustlers flipping it. The brothers was making business deals. But did we take advantage of that at that particular time? So what I'm saying is, you know, I don't look for anybody that's working in the system to work for me. I agree with you totally, Makeda. I don't think the system is for us. What I do, though, say is this. If the system is in my pocket, I'm going to look for in the system what's going to work for me. I know, and I got to find the loopholes. I got to find my last thing in conclusion. An example, I used to um, host a show with my brother, Black Sun. Shouts out to Black Sun, Comcast Television. At the time, they was listening for allowing us to rock our show. 
and we had in a show um, called The Arena, and we had this brother on there, ah, Dr. Was it Charles Drew or something. Huh? No, so, anywho, we had this doctor on there, and he, we had fought for Atlanta to get a citizen's review board of police activity. We fought for that. Got the brother down here. Got, we didn't see no changes. Yo, man, ain't no change. Brought the brother to the show to roast the brother. Kind of got him on there, and the brother said something that was deep. He said, what you said, they say. He said, brother, y'all brought me down here. Y'all did all the hard work. Got the city to acknowledge that, and y'all stopped. Then y'all let the city pick the people that's going to be on the review board from citizens, business managers. Nobody showed up to the meeting to be selected from that. Then when we have meetings, I'm hollering about the people, the people, and I look up, ain't no people. Ain't no you know, people. we're not there. He said, where are the people? Y'all fought this hard to get me, and that's what we did. We put Obama in there. We said, yeah, and nobody checked the Negro. Nobody said, hey, okay, Negro, we put you in here. We'll get you out. Yep. Nobody said, hey, you know, man, what's going on? Who, who, who fucking with you? Can we get you back? We just, we got that Messiah complex. Put you in place and we say, now, work your magic. Yeah. You know. It was just like the whole Occupy movement. I don't know if you remember that. This is when people would go from city to city to Occupy, to literally take mm-hmm. up space in your town. And then finally, I mean, they would sit there for, for weeks just irritating government. And then finally the government would turn around and say, hey, all right, you Occupy people, what do you want? And they're like, uh, what do we want? They, the goal was to get the attention of government, okay? They did that. And the second that the government said, okay, you have my attention, what? They had no request, no demand. They, they caught them no, with, no ball, thing. with a ball flat. <laughs> they had nothing to say. Nothing to give, no examples, no policies, no programs, no nothing. And so that's why Occupy, you don't, we don't ever hear or see them because they really accomplished the goals that they had set out to get attention. That was it, though, you know. So the movement that we have has to be more than just irritating. It has to be more than just, you know, how many days we can protest straight. It has to be more than just saying a name. It has to be policy and program related, and, and our voting skills has to be policy and program related, and our education in our community has to be policy and program related because overall, if we're looking at the government as a whole, there's not a fight in there. There is too wide to, to really get a grasp on it. We're not going to be effective. We're going to be throwing pebbles at the giant. You know what I'm saying? So we have to mm-hmm. get a a thing. What are we arguing about? Are you arguing about education? You know, Obama's like, I can't do all this. I can get you health care, though. And fought and fought and fought to get this health care thing in place. You know, and so I think we as a people have to come to an understanding, even though we have many needs. Education, uh, we need to get out this legal system. We have to um, take better care of our bodies. We have to work on this poverty. We have to work on housing. We have to work on crime. There's so many things we have to work on. I said, but but it's too big right here. What is the one thing that we're going to commit to and then just wear that thing out? I, I think if we don't ever get focused enough like that, then it will never have a victory. It will never be a victory. We'll never win because so many of these, a lot of these politicians, they just painted black. So we can't just look at the skin and say, 
I mean, all you people voting for all these sororities so excited about Kamala. I'm like, y'all must not have read her record. You must not really know who she is. And you must not know what she stands for, okay, because she don't like you like that. So, you know, we have to do more than just look at this skin. We have to really begin to say, okay, how do they move? Because you'll always be able to see a snake by the way it moves, you know. So I, I think we are going too wide and we have to kind of laser that thing down so that we can really get a grasp on it and not make the mistakes of, of other past movements, um, our own movement or other. You know, let's not make those same mistakes as to where we get stuck in history or where we get stuck trying to do everything at once when really we need uh, SWAT teams. You know, we need, we need particular teams that do X, Y, and Z. And that's all they do. That's that's the cell. That's what they do. But doing it overall, I think we lose. I think we lose in the middle of all that. Right. You know, um, I don't know if you've heard of the Black is Back Coalition, but for those of us who know that there needs to be a um, there needs to be points of unity that we go in and we have, you know, we, we hold as demand, the Black is Back Coalition actually does have a national black political agenda for self-determination. And it has its place. Right and it's important that we know these things so that we can push, you know, we can push that among ourselves. And we understand that there's, you know, there's 19 points to this thing. Like we have an agenda that we we demand that, people that we put in office be able to stand by these, you know, by these points and they need to be able to unify around this and actually push it in those places when they go behind those doors, instead of saying, um, instead of saying, you know, well, I can't do this and I can't, I can't go behind, I can't go in this white space and say black, 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 black. When we know people like Charles Barron who does it all the time. You know, we got to watch the Negro. So, Let's get our boy Shaka. I definitely want to get our boy in here because, you know, I, I see our boy been on there for a minute. I had opened his mic for a second. He'd been holding. And I know we didn't know he was on, so I don't want to just keep going around. Shaka, you've been listening. What you think, man? Hey, Jump on in. Here. I mean, all the points. Wukusu, everybody, first of all. You know, I'm glad to be here. But um, all the points are correct. Everything I'm hearing is correct. But it goes back to, to me to a major question, too. Before we even enter that whole political arena or before we start talking about candidates, I want to ask the question to everyone. Are you looking to politics to solve your problems as black people? Or are we looking right. to utilize it as a tool to ultimately go where we got to go? Because a lot of people are going at it as if we're going to get a solution through the same people that have been, quite frankly, shitting on us for 400 years. I mean, like, are we going to look for a better school or are we going to start looking to build a school? You know what I mean? Right. Like, those questions raise up because I think a lot of us, we're going in, you know, and you mentioned Charles Barron. Now, Brother Charles Barron, who I know very well, we've had many conversations, but he's always clear. He said, I'm not a politician. I'm the people's person. He said, but at the end of the mm-hmm. day, these politics are not going to save us. He said, but I'm here right now, so I'm using this rap to get to the island of, of revolution. He said a lot of people think this is a cruise liner instead of a raft. You know what I mean? And I think that's one of our biggest problems. We we don't want no conflict. Yeah. We don't want no problems. Yeah. 
So we're trying to find the smoothest way out of it or the easiest way you're not going to get it without a conflict. I was just talking to somebody the other day, and I was like, you know, driving. I'm driving on the road right now, and I'm looking around me at nature. And, it, you know, like the forest got to burn for a new forest to come up. A, a volcano mm-hmm. got to explode for an island to be born. So how are you going to get out this without some kind of confrontation? You know, whether it's political or whatever. And we are dipping away from that. So, we, I mean, I'm just being frank. I feel like we can do all of those things. But if we're not saying at the end of all that, what's the last step you're ready to take? When all that fails and all that goes down, mm-hmm. are we willing to take that last step? And they say, well, Shaka, we talk about go get guns and all that. So, I mean, are you willing to just, okay, we talk about protesting. Are we willing to stop buying certain things? Are you willing to divest your children? Are you willing to divest yourself, you know? Like, are we willing to do those mm-hmm. things? Because we can put politicians in, but like someone just said on the line, that's like throwing a pebble at a mountain. So we can have the best politicians, but if we don't have a sense of understanding where our end game is, like, I, you know, the Occupy situation, I went out there a couple of times, and really, I noticed the same white supremacy that I saw across the street mm-hmm. in, in the office. Mm-hmm. So it was no different to me. I remember particularly mm-hmm. a black coalition, People's Survival Program, which I'm one of the founders, we took, we do food, clothes, help, all that. We took our whole contingent down there, food, supplies, and everything, because we wanted to set up shop and have a black presence out there. Man, they directed us to their table, told us to put our stuff on their table, and they would take care of it. So I'm like, mm-hmm. well, what's the difference? Why am I here? Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, and it's, it's, I, it's like you. You know, it's I like want a better politician. I want, I want. I'm tired of exactly. voting for them, waiting for them, you know, hoping for them, and we end up on the same thing. And now they just it's more and more blatant. Like Kamala, it at this point, when are we going to start building our own? Right. Yeah, I think, I think I like what okay. you said, Shaq, and I think that own. you echo it. Exactly. I like what you said, and I think you echo in the sentiment. Uh, you know, I think revolutionaries know. And if they don't, <clears throat> let us reiterate what we said on this show. There is no solution in reformism. You can't reform this system. This system was built on corruption, immorality, crimes against humanity. There is no reforming this system. It is evil in its inception, what it has done to uh, human beings. But, you know, what I, however, let me add in conjunction. However, <laughs> what I am saying that is, um, you listen, they're in your pockets. Your children, until we get those schools built, I'm with Chaka. Our ultimate goal See, should be free. That's my problem. That's my yeah. problem. What's that? We're not What's out that? of the system. We're not out of the system. And I would love exactly. to have our own. I grew up in, a, in, I grew up in D.C., so I'm, you know, between D.C. and Miami. So I'm used to having whole communities that did their own. You know, I'm used to seeing, you know, up with the UNIA and Brothers and Gore, all of that, all of that. But we're still part of their system. And if we don't participate, if we don't, if we close our eyes and say, hey, this is not worth it, blah, 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 if we completely let it go, then we, I think, are on a slippery slope. As to, oh, you're going to participate. No, so we're not. We're not saying let it go. Yeah. We're not saying mm-hmm. let. We're not. Yeah. Let me be clear. I'm not saying let the system go. I was clear okay. to say, 
Use it as a raft, but stop putting your ultimate belief in it. Yeah. You know I mean, we're in, yeah. I'm in a semi-truck driving right now. I got a job. I, I go home, but I got a job, but I went and got some land. So I'm, 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 there's mm-hmm. an exit plan there. I'm in a truck working for uh-huh. somebody else, but my plan yeah. is to get my own truck. You know what I mean? I'm not yeah. going to mm-hmm. be content yeah. until I get closer to my own. I'm going to back a politician, but I'm also going to be on his doorstep. And while I'm telling him we need better schools, I'm going to be with Makeda and other people building independent schools at the same time. So eventually we're going to transfer go. out of it. It's, like it's like a blood transfusion. We're going to hold this down while we're here. But we're not going to – I'm not yeah. I'm not looking for 40 see, more years of this. I don't see enough of that. I'm looking for 20 more years. You know what I'm saying? I don't see I'm looking for 20 years. No. Right. Exactly. I, 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 That's yeah, what I'm going to say. And, and ironically, not to cut anybody off, ironically, if we look at our history, because I'm big on history, if we go back, that's what it was supposed to be during Reconstruction. We were Absolutely. only tantalizing this system long enough to develop our own. That was the plan. It was not to and invest we did have our own. Absolutely. Right. And, and then we, we went back to believing in a system. You know what I mean? We, exactly. we supposed to like sharecropping. The idea, I'm not using sharecropping as an example, but the idea of that was that what lured people in was like, okay, you work mines now, and then eventually you'll have yours, even though it was yep. a lie. You know what I mean? Yep. That's what drew it's, people it's a to big it. lie, so we gotta, and the majority right, of us lie. have bought that lie. See, that's the problem. Exactly. And so I'm like, exactly. okay, we everybody's looking for this 40-40 plan, okay? 40 hours a week, 40 years, I'm going to get my gold watch, I'm going to retire, I'm going to drink my beer. And I'm like, that's not enough. That's never right. going to equal enough. They're always going to pay you just enough to keep you, but not enough of what you're worth and not your value. Well, it's the, you know, when I started it's working the behind the scenes, I was like, they right. paid me what? And they make what off yeah. You know, it's, it's ridiculous. The, it's the carrot. It's the mule chasing the carrot. Nobody, yeah. It, yeah. The capitalism doesn't work if everybody makes it. It always has to be yeah. that 1%. It always has to be that few percent. But the dream has to be sold to everyone. Because when the people exactly. wake up from the matrix, they'll topple the system. When they really realize, exactly. damn, wait a minute, it's designed. For ninety eight percent of us to fail, ninety eight percent of us are not going to make it. It's designed like that. The game is rigged. You know what happened when we find out the dice game is crooked? Any of y'all from mm-hmm. the streets? Y'all know what it is. Right. What the dice are rolling? Clear the house. Clear the house. <laughs> so you know it's 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 right. It's that type of party. Exactly. It is though. But with with it being I that think, type I think of we party. Be voting. We should be voting. For me, okay, when Obama came about, I pushed black people to go vote for Obama. Not because I'm an Obama fan, not because I'm a fan of a system. I'm tired of arguing about it. So go and vote. And four years from now, I want to have a talk about you because then we can get this dream out the way. And now we can talk shop. So I want you to vote. You know what? Let me jump in there. I want you to get in. Let me jump in there, Shaka, cause, cause, and, I, and I'm sorry for cutting out. I, I really want to jump in there That's because right. I like something Sister, Se- Sister Seven said. She said, you know, I agreed, and but I wanted to clarify. I do think sometimes our scope is so wide. Now, I think we have to fight everywhere that we're combated, but I think our scope mm-hmm. is wide. National elections, the presidency, yeah, if you want to get involved with that vote, cool. If you're if, if if you're all caught up into that and you're voting, let me give you some advice for me though. Get your local together because you're gonna right. need a buffer. I don't care what devil you put in presidency, uh, Biden's ass on the ber- ber- uh, verge of Alzheimer. He think he's up there. He's running for senator. 
You know what I'm saying? So he's forgetting shit. You damn sure don't need him in office with this woman who clearly doesn't like black people or Trump, and we already know what he gets. Whatever way, get your local together. Who is your Mm -hmm. councilman? Mm -hmm. Who is Mm -hmm. right there that's going to be acting as a buffer from these crazy-ass national policies that they're going to try to impose on your city? Know your state politics. You know, I'm yeah, all right, right. you know, between from Ohio and Kentucky. One of the things, Kentucky is a commonwealth. Virginia is a right. commonwealth. Laws are told, I'm coming up from Georgia, which is a right-to-work state. I'm coming from a state mm-hmm. that don't know, won't. If you ask a Negro what a union is down there, they'll look at you yeah. like you're crazy. You come yeah. up here, yeah. and they had to, when I went to working up this way, shit, I thought they were, I said, who is this nigga called union getting my money? They was like, man, yeah. you, we take out for union fee. What? What is that? Yeah. You know, because I started my work career in Georgia. So I didn't know that That's they had people that actually represent that make it hard for you to get fired. Did you? Y'all know that out there in Georgia? They actually have people, mm-hmm. white folk, that'll fight these other white folks about your job. Lord have mercy. That, you know, where you live in Georgia. You, you see? So I said, all, I don't want to get to, yeah, get to rambling, but I said all of that to say, mm-hmm. know your local. Know where your taxes yeah. is going. Act as something mm-hmm. as a buffer. Don't put your answer. And, and, and the reason this is important is because, like what Shock is saying, just about homeschooling stuff. Know the laws mm-hmm. and the policies there so you can put you in somebody's place that maybe can ease some of the restrictions towards homeschooling. Right. That maybe mm-hmm. can ease some of the zone and practices towards having livestock in it for you that wants your chickens and your gardens. In, in, in the middle of a bucket, bankhead, you know, I do your thing. Mm-hmm. But you're going to have to have things that ease those zoning practices. Or what they will be able to do, like they did to the original Panthers, they said we can't beat them like that. They went in there, hit them with it, they went past the bill, called them off for that, and made it illegal to carry firearms in public. Therefore, anytime they seen a Panther with a firearm, it was a criminal act. And it made it mm-hmm. easy for the pigs to roll on them and justify their murdering them. All through politics, mm-hmm. shit is real. Yeah. And this is why when we have orientation with the People's Black Panther Party, um, we go into the local government. That's part of what each of the um, members have to know. You have to know who your local sheriff is. You have to know who what your school board superintendent is. We have to know. And so, you know, this is part of the why. You know, so this is taught on some really basic levels, but it's not taught enough the importance of that local, you know, because we're spending all this time in the middle of debates and flies on people's head and stuff like that, but we're not spending enough time teaching how important that local is until we get to the orientations and, and those types of deals and really finding out how this impacts you, how you li- how the government limits the curriculum you can teach in your home to your children. And so this is why we have to learn all of these local things and why, you know, <laughs> coming in, there's an orientation that is very serious in training and homework, and we spend time learning about all this so that we are prepared, so that they don't have the right at least of knowledge on us. Because when you don't know, you end up making mistakes. You end up getting fined. You end up having to shut down and and you're losing resources again and again because there is a system that not only does not include us, works against us. So, you know, I just wanted to also say how important, you know, it is that we 
train each other and educate each other through classes, through whatever, and understand that that local run stuff. That's what we're doing. Yeah. Okay, so you're awfully quiet on there. No, I'm, I'm, I'm listening. You know, I, especially with regard to um, that education piece, because um, as you all know, I, I do have a homeschool collective, and you know, fortunately, I'm in a state where um, you know it's, it's as long as we're on target, we're on point with you know the 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 state curriculum, the the regular classroom, colonial curriculum, as long as we're on point and the children, you know, if at any time um, the, the homeschool is asked to test these children out, um, they're on the grade level as far as their grade and age, you know, level requirement. We don't have any issues. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We don't have any issues, but that is not it's true in very- so many places. Is not um, true, it's one of the, and that's it's one of the reasons I didn't want to go to Texas when I homeschooled my son. When he was being homeschooled, I didn't want to go to Texas because I was like, "Dude, they'll find you." First of all, for having yep. any curriculum outside of the state. Wow. Yep. Like wow. Yes. Yeah. You can't. Georgia's the same way. Yes. It matters. It does matter where you are. <laughs> it matters. You know, mm-hmm. um, on on that on that level on that that more local level, you need to understand what the rules are for where you are. And and it's like that for Illinois and Missouri. Like, you can pull your kids out of school, but if they show up at your door, your children have to be able to test into whatever, you know, whatever their system is. So, mm-hmm. you know, some their stuff got to show up. It's got to show up. Mm-hmm. But in Georgia, you have to ask permission to take your child out of school. So Man, So this is why we have to. But and when you said a key thing, sister, though, you said this is why we have to know the laws and the rules. This is why mm-hmm. I feel we have to make the laws and the rules. And the Absolutely. only way we get to make them is by yes, voting. Yes. That's the only way we get to participate in this system is by forcing that. So it's not a ma- We mm-hmm. can't just sit back and be like, "What do?" Where are you, white people, the fairest? Because at that point, we're really just choosing the lesser of the evils because they're right, not right. going to really be fair. They're not going to just give us our just due. They're not going to just let it go. They are really, you know, we have to do more to say, hey, look, uh, the brother Shaka said, look, I got land. Wherever that land is, we have to converge on this place. And we have to say, hey, look, we are going to run this place. And we are going to put our people in place, you know, and we're going to say, okay, this person, you, you're going to be a superintendent. You, you're going to be a deputy. You, you're going to, we have to actively participate in their system. If not, we don't really, even though he has a deed to that land, you know, I, we talk about, you know, freedom ain't free. We talk about how little control and how control is really an illusion and so it's like let's talk about those really, treaties that get trampled over yeah. all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So before well, this is true. him to really be able to say this is my land and I dictate what happens on it, we have to control the government. That 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 I think, has you jurisdiction know, over that land. Like you said, uh, you know, I think that that's the whole thing. 
you know, I think even what Chaka said, you know, getting the land, I think all of these are steps. What Makeda is doing, the homeschooling, all of these are steps. But it reinforces uh, the fact, the, them being steps reinforces the fact that we're in the system. Now, here's the other thing, a point that Makeda pointed out, too, I don't want us to forget is revolutionaries. While we say, one of the reasons why we say, you know, we're showing some of the uh, pluses of a limited participation, I say participation in the system, a faithless participation. Don't put your faith in all that, but a participation out of necessity. But something else, Makeda said, that revolutionaries, I don't want you to forget what's important why we do this. And it is to expose the masses to the contradictions of the system. It is to show them, you know, you try to participate. You go petition the government for the right for more freedom, for the right, for more determination. We want our own schools. We want to be able to teach our own children. And when they say no, this is what I'm saying. See, Malcolm said people don't change things until they piss. And I can go back and say, see, I, you know, I've been trying to tell you these white folks ain't going to let you teach your own children, but you've been wanting to ask them. <laughs> so when they say no, that's where the anger comes in. Well, we're going to take our children out. And then when they come try to take your children, that's when physical conflict has a very real possibility of coming into play. But if I, you know, if the people are not, if it's so, this is why I don't knock Dr. King, you know, because I tell Dr. Mm-hmm. King and that whole civil rights movement and integration movement at the time, I was telling these people, boy, how arrogant are we to be able to look yeah. back with the yeah. privilege of hindsight, which they say yeah. is 2020 every time, and, and say yeah. that didn't work, yeah. and then we were cast and shaking the finger. How very courageous must it have been in that time? to take that stance, and I like to believe, thinking the best of black people, his stance wasn't, oh, I want to be equal to white people. It was saying, look, shit, if I got to come here to buy my shoes, I'm not going through a back door. If I got to come here to get my groceries, I'm not going, you would see the signs that say, I am a man. I'm not going to work twice as hard for a pay short. It was about the equality of the human spirit, not about, and at that time, you know, it was white people. You know, we, I'm equal in that way, you know, and white people capitalized on it and say, well, shit, you know, their money adds up. I said all that to say this. Had he not done that, had he not, had he not done that for us, you know, I don't think, I really don't think black power would have been born. I still think it would have been people out there saying, let's give, try and live with white folks a shot. See, now we can positively, emphatically say, hey, we've tried that. You know, yeah. we tried that. You know, but yeah. had we not tried that, I still believe there'd be black people out there saying, why we don't try to just make friendly with them white folk and, and be their <laughs> friends? So this is the same thing. You know, you get the people to participate in their fight in every measure. Even if that's like I tell them, hey, they're taxing you and they're telling you you can't teach your own goddamn children, brother. You need to go down there and do something about it. Yeah. What are we going to do? Don't run out there with NFAC and wave your pistol. That You ain't even remotely touching what you say. I'd rather you go vote. I'd rather you go vote than do that dumb shit. Excuse my language. I know it's a family show. I forget. <laughs> I'd rather you go vote than run out there and wave a machine gun that you right. got a permit for in your Second Amendment rights anyway. You still ain't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, 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 the floor is open. The mic's open. That's registered. Is registered to you. Um, you got exactly. Uh, we're doing. You take a photo. Like, Look, you got your know. Second Amendment right. <laughs> Second Amendment yeah. right. Taking photo yeah. ops 
practicing yeah, your yeah. First Amendment right of freedom of speech, and guess what you all out when they turn the camera on you? Don't vote. Yeah. Don't vote. Yeah. Nigga. You better hope they vote to keep yeah. your Second Amendment rights. I mean, yeah, you don't exactly. have a water pistol, sucker. Exactly. Anyway, well, yeah, I, I wanted to, I have to excuse myself um, prior engagements, but I want to say thank you for opening my mic up and hanging out. You know, I, I really wanted to speak on the opportunity we miss by not voting. Um, you know, I don't want them to think we're just sleeping. You know, I don't want them to think we don't care. I don't want them to think they can just ignore us or anything else like that. So, you know, even though um, we know they don't have our best intentions at heart, I would like to pick the lesser of the two evils. I want them to know that they have to address something that relates to me. You know, I want them to – I don't want to be not considered in a system that's regulating my life. And when they start – when they stop considering you, when your vote don't mean nothing, when your vote's not enough, when they're not thinking about you coming out to the polls because it's raining, when they they think that they can get you off the hook so easily, then they're not thinking about us. And I want them to always think about us. I want them to know, uh uh-uh. Don't play with them because they will wake up, they will show out, they will do this, they will do that. So even as we're working on our own, which is a blessing and I love to see, I think we still have to make sure they know we we still here. We ain't just rolled over. You know, we're not going to just let this go. I do need you to say black, 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 you know, and so we have to work on that. But I really do appreciate, you know, Yo, 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 before I let you go. But before I let you go, let me put you on the spot because Sunday coming up, mm-hmm. this is National Director of Operation 7. Sunday yeah. coming up, 8 o'clock, Big Mama's House. Check it out. If you haven't checked it out before, you definitely want to check it out. Yeah. Um, do you have a yeah. topic? Can I put you on the spot for that? What's the topic? Uh, no, you can't put me on the topic for the topic. Oh. You can just put me on the spot for telling people don't bring your sensitive self, okay? Big Mama Please, care never do. It ain't, it's, it's Big Mama's house. You know how Big Mama get down. Y'all know how Big Mama get down. She don't care nothing about how you feel about it. But you, big, the swelling will go down. If your if your life ain't right, you gon' listen. You gonna feel that Big Mama's house. You if if it, it's one of them times. I don't know. You know. I'm going to go back to our old religious folks. I don't know if you folks, black people, I'm going to our black culture who have been in churches and masjids and religious institutions. When that imam or that preacher was preaching that sermon, you said, who done told him about me? Who here talking about me? No, that man or that woman is not talking about you, but you swear. Somebody, my mama done been here talking about me again. Did that imam say one more thing? So listen, we appreciate appreciate you. We definitely appreciate you hanging out there again. Eight o'clock Sunday night, Big Mama's house. Check it out with the national director of Operation Seven. Another wonderful sister in the party. Another sister, not a Makita, but a Makita. So uh, and Sister Makita, (laughs) rocking that thing out. Um, Check it out. All right, Sister Seven. We'll talk a little later. Black power. All right, all powers to African people. Black power. Let's go to uh, I lost the caller. I had a call on the caller. Do you? Yeah, I think this is the call. Let's go to our caller. Caller, your mic's open. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just called in to listen while I'm on the road. Good discussion. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. yeah, just okay. listening in. I, I, I would like to All say right, all I, that France 
France is in 2021. France is banning homeschooling, and the wow. only exception wow. that they're going to make that, that the only thing exception they're going to make is for um, like physical disabilities or some kind of health problems or something like that. Wow. But that'll be it. So in 2021, France is banning homeschooling, and look for this to start spreading. Yeah. That's a yeah. Appreciate it, brother. And, and I'm gonna put you back on mute. Oh shoot, let me open him back up. I thought he was. Hold on, brother. Yeah, Hold on. Um, and, and look for you... California. Okay. Look for California to be the first state in the U.S. to even try something like that. Just wanted to put that out there. Okay. Wow. Thank you, brother. I'm going. And if you want to come back in, press one, man. Man, but you know what? Now here yeah, again, surprisingly, with, you, look these these colonizer nations. They look that that they narrative that narrative has got to stay strong, and they understand yeah. that you know us teaching our own. That's something that's that's it's going to die. We're going to kill it. Yeah, that's imperialism is going to die in these homeschool collectives. It, that homeschooling period because I, it, it doesn't serve us. It doesn't serve our interests. They know it. Exactly. exactly. They know it. You know, but here's the more here's than the, the, now, more than us not showing up at polls. They don't. They want to educate our folks about what happened. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they fear. That's what they fear. That educate. But it, what type of government is France, though? I thought France was, you know, damn. But see, that's the dangers of socialism in Europeans' hands. To a degree, that's why I say if we we get it anyway, it's going to have to be Africanized. Like 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 you said, our, our wonderful Chairman O'Malley yesterday teaches us a proper African understanding political politicalization of the whole social social African socialization process from community life to politics to economics to everything. It's more than just they're robotic people, man. You know, even in their socialization, it's just taking in numbers and statistics. It's not taking in the human factor. They're not African. Our sex is a totally mm-hmm. different thing. That's why, you know, I'm sometimes saddened at our lack of, especially b- black Africans in America, our lack of languages. You know, I meet my brothers from the continent. I'll be like, what's going on, Umoga? What's going on? How many languages do you speak? Eight. German, French, right. you know, Russian. I mean, you know what I'm saying? How many languages do you speak? Man, they, they told me I don't even speak English right. Shit, I can't. I don't know how many I speak. You know, I mean, yo. So it it really is a limiting thing. Right. You think about how not only not only do we only speak limit I, ugh, we only speak English. Um we speak English and we're taught any subset of the English, you know, of of these English um subjects that you know branch off for 12 years. Don't nobody else mm-hmm. do that. Like it's it's I have always said it seems like it's a wall that doesn't allow anything else in. It doesn't allow yeah. any other understanding in. It makes you mm-hmm. know, and, and it creates this this idea that this is the top, you know, this is the pinnacle of your understanding yeah. is is being able to speak English. But you are limited and you are cut off from everything else. Because you're focused Everything on else. English. It's so hell, limited. You even take English in college, hell. <laughs> you yeah. English. Yeah. What? So limited. Crazy. And I found out, let me tell you, when I started hanging with my brothers from the continent, 
I found out that mm-hmm. there was even different Englishes. I was uh, yeah. talking to a brother from the continent, and the brother, we was clowning the English language, you know, and I was like, yeah, we speak English. And he said, brother, you really don't even speak English. He said, I said, no. He said, let right. me speak English. Well, he went to speaking. And I said, what is that? He said, that's called the Queen's English. I said, you've yeah. got to be kidding me. They have a thing called yeah. the Queen. And he was speaking like, cheerio, doop-doo. You know, I mean, yo, and like you said, we are some of the, and my brothers, you know, you have to have a real, we talk about this racist thing, racism and talking real with the crack of this and that. Have a real candid talk with our brothers and sisters from the continent. Get out of your feelings. Get a brother so yeah. they can get out of their feelings. Discuss the stereotypes and all of that. I mean, have a real discussion. And I let them talk to me. And some of the stuff they said it was did make me feel sensitive because, it was some truth in it. Like he said, he said, you know, you're Americans in general, and especially black Americans. And because of what you said, McKay, now you just really confirmed it. He said, are some of the internationally or some of the most ignorant people on the planet. He said, mm-hmm. you have no idea what's going on in international affairs. None. You're mm-hmm. some of them, especially. And so, like you said, that going through college to reinforce what we learn in grammar school and preschools and stuff like that keeps us alienated and isolated, and especially for black people because our exposure is limited already. White people may go to college, may travel. They have their exposures. So that only, it just really balances them or just really helps them to feel good about themselves, reinforces to themselves their supremacy. But for us, it is deafening because we have nothing to counter it. We do think it is the be-all. It is it. This is it, the white man. He is the man. Yeah. And I know he's a, internationally, he's a sniveling, cowardly, cave-dwelling, weak subject of a species when you talk about the international politics, economics, and even in military might, if we were unifying, especially if the mighty continent of Africa would become the mighty United States of Africa. You would see what this devil really is. A child in the world scope of things. His yeah. empire, his history, and everything is infantile in the world scope of things. Let me go to our... It's, you, it's, you, look, yo. and, made, and made up like a little kid. Like a little kid just... Okay. Straight make-believe. Ridiculous story. <laughs> right. Crazy. I got a hundred trillion, quadrillion dollars and live in a castle. <laughs> Let's open up our mic to our brother again, man. Brother, um, yeah, the mic's open. Yeah, I just want to add a few things. Number one, there's some good news as far as language is concerned. So there are 16, um, 16 African countries now that have a, has agreed to adopt Swahili as the formal language, or as they call it, key Swahili, as their, formal, as their formal language. Yeah. So more and more yeah. countries, yes, more and more countries in Africa are is adopting Swahili as the formal language. This- Mainly on the eastern coast this, of Africa, so it's mainly Tanzania, though, Burundi, right? the, yeah, the DR, Kenya, Mozambique, Rwanda, Somalia, South Africa, and some other, a few others. So they're all and and Magafuli out of Tanzania, which is probably um, the most pan-African leader in, in Africa at the moment. Magafuli has been when he's been traveling to other countries, he's been bringing books on Kiswahili and kind of coaxing the other leaders from other countries to teach it in their schools. And it's paying dividends. Like I said, 16 countries now. 
are going to adopt Swahili as a formal language, which is great news. Man, yeah, that is wonderful news. Um, um, another thing is, um, like the sister said, and, and I agree to a point about, you know, staying relevant in the system that we're in. Um, but I, I think that there's a danger in that. I think one of the things that collectively as a whole, we have a need to be noticed and accepted. And um, there's some things that we really shouldn't be out there with. There's a lot of things that we shouldn't even, you know, even say because I think what happens a lot of times is we look for validation, especially from the white media. We think that the white media notices us that somehow we've made it or somehow we're making a difference. And we don't understand that the white media is not there for us. They're there for white supremacy. So once they focus in on us, they're blowing our they blow they're blowing our legs and arms and everything off in the media because we wanted to come out and be, you know, and be noticed. Um, I think there's a lot of things. I don't think that we're at the point. I said this before, and I caught some flack on, on the show before about saying that we're we're at a disadvantage. We're only at a disadvantage now. And I think there's a consolidation of power that needs to happen, but those things need to be done in the shadows. I mean, we, there doesn't need to be a whole lot of hooping and hollering and notice us and recognize us and think about us. There's so much work that needs to be done. There's so much work that needs to be done. Um, so I think that there's a there's a danger in this always having to be noticed and accepted by the white media and the system at large that we always put ourselves in jeopardy because we put the institutions out there that we can't protect. And we put people out there mm-hmm. and we put, we do things and we can't protect it. It's kind of like the, the land in Georgia that those 19 black families bought. They bought the land and then they went on every media outlet they could find to tell people that they bought the land. Mm-hmm. And then the women were all over TV, and then they started talking about how they're going to have reality shows and they're going to have this on the land and that on the land. And I don't even know if they figured out how to secure the land first before they they went out. And they're in the middle of Georgia. They're like, have you secured the mm-hmm. land? Do you have the weapons? Do you have a security guard there yet? Do you have the fencing up? Do you have, you know, like, take care of that stuff I wouldn't. I would say not go in front of the media at all with this, with that. Um, but if you if you feel the need to go out there and let everybody know what you're doing, at least secure what you have first, and then come out. Well, if you have to, if you feel I, the need to. I think it's different degrees, man. I'm gonna say this. I think it's different degrees. I think one of the things we have to be careful of doing is putting our degree on different people. We have black capitalists, you know, and some people get out there, they get the land. And I believe in propaganda. You know, I've seen shit. Look at World War II. Hitler is a prime example of propaganda. Hitler took a demoralized people after World War I. The Germans were finished. They, it was a wrap. And through just retelling their history and propaganda inspired the people so much to a fanatic frenzy that they even turned on their fellow Germans and fellow European white people and, uh, you know, started to de- destroy them. So, you know, propaganda is, is a weapon. So I look at the first thing, 
let me say this. The first thing I would say is I would look at those people. I would see if they were propagating it like, yo, y'all can get land. And since they were selling it, renting it to reality shows, I'm sure it's a money thing. You know what I'm saying? Um, my whole thing, like, you know, I'm one of the people that even when Chaka does it, I, I promote and encourage his videos and his showing what can be done because there are people with the resources but not the know-how. You know what I'm saying? Here's a brother that came from Harlem, and, like, you know, a lot of people talk about, damn, I don't want to put his, all his business out there, but came from the big city to the country and went in the country and got yeah. some land and started doing it. So it, it can be done. So a lot of times, in fact, he's on the line. Shock! Yes, sir. Yeah. Well, Kusu, brother, you back in with us for a little bit? Yeah, man, pull that, pull that, yeah, pull that beast good. over, man. I know the wheels got to keep turning. Man. Can we get you for a minute? Got to keep turning. What's, you got to keep turning to keep You've been listening. What do you think, man? I mean, I, I think what I, I came in on the part when the brother was speaking about security, and I think it's a must, but you got to understand, too, there's three. There's a lot of things going on. One, we don't really know those people, so we don't know if they have security or not. Two, their approach and the way that – see, it's not so much what you say, it's how you say it. They didn't come across as being an ultra-cultural group, an ultra-nationalist group, or even a threat. They really came across as people who are scared for their lives. And just want to get out the way. Just want our own. They didn't come across with a Garvey fervor. They came across as, you know, I, ain't, I don't want to call them cowards, but people who were really just fearful of their loved ones. So that's not really a threat. So, I mean, propaganda is good. It's how you put it out. But I do would agree with the brother. Anything you do, you have to be secure. Like, as you said, people see what I do, and I put it out there. But don't think for a minute that I'm not security conscious, you know what I mean, of what right. could happen and, and what I have to worry about when I do it. But I do understand that if I hide behind a rock, nobody's going to even know that they can do it. Like you brought up, I'm from Harlem, South Bronx, New York. You know, this is the furthest away that a person from my community is even thinking, you know. And I just picked up, and now I'm down here in the South, and I, I didn't migrate to another city. I migrated to the deep country, you know, and I'm doing it on my own, and I'm doing it. And I put it out there to show people that you can do it too. So propaganda is a part of our arsenal. It's a part of our weaponry. And like any weaponry, you have to understand there are counter-propagandists, and you have to be prepared for the counter-propagandist, who is not always a white man. Let me be clear. It's not always a white man that i got to worry about. It's, it's our own sometimes. So we have to be worried about that. But again, as we were saying earlier, and I think the sister mentioned SWAT teams, specialized teams, there are people who should be propagandists. That's what they do. You know, I'm one of those people. I was told that that's what you're going to do. There are people who are political mobilizers and lobbyists, people who are the community people. Like, we got to really, if, if I'm not, and this is not aimed at the brother in any way, but if, like, if you're a security specialist, then you need to talk with other security specialists because your conversation might not be understood by people who don't even entertain the idea or the seriousness of security. And that goes for yeah. any department in this, in this battle. And I think a lot of times we as a people get into this mesh-up because you're talking a language to people who just, that's not their language. So a propagandist understands the need for propaganda. A security specialist is critical of propaganda because they're like, you're exposing yourself so much. What's going on? So it's, it's got to be an understanding of fields and how the fields correlate. But you can't have that understanding if you don't understand first and foremost that we are at war. Because all of these departments are departments of war. So if you don't understand that we are at war, then you can't understand 
we're not doing this just so you can see Shaka and I can get some views on YouTube and I can make some money at the end of it. Because everybody on YouTube is not doing it because they love you. They're doing it because you can make a living at it. Let's keep it real. Capitalism is real. Every security person is not just here to protect black people. Capitalism is real. So if you don't understand the reason behind and the motive behind, their moves look kind of, it can be confusing. So first got to go back to base one. What are you doing this for as a black person? What, like I said earlier, what is your end game? Am I out here just to move into the woods to get away from society and act like I can do it by myself? Or is this me showing a viable alternative to our people or even a segue? Like you don't have to fully leave. Instead of being 100%, why can't it be 70, 30 in your favor? 70, you're independent. 30, you intermingle. Because in, even in, in Africa, we didn't just do Africa. We toured the whole world. But Africa was a strong home base. So I'm saying all to say, I think all the views are right. But we got to get to the level where we start having specified conversations with specified people. You know, we can't be too secretive because if we're too secretive, then nobody knows. And we can't be too out there because you don't want the wrong people knowing. It's got to be that my art. Yeah. Got to get back to my art. Got to be a balance in this. And balance comes with training. You know, people that are good balancers on tight ropes spend years learning how to walk a tight rope. Some of us got to go back to the mm-hmm. training room. And if you haven't been in the training room, which is political education 101, then I ain't trying to be funny, but maybe you might want to stop a little bit, slow down. How long have you been in an organization? Do you have 10 years? Do you have 10 years in any one organization? At least, or at least five years. Well, I don't mean, right. Hold on. I don't I, mean fringe, fringe membership. I mean in the, in the work, in the mix. Five years committed membership to any organization other than your local church, which I'm not knocking churches, but those are religions. What organization <laughs> do you have five years in? Right, now your mom Because <laughs> five years is the beginning of an educational cycle, you know. So you, if you don't have five solid years in, a, in one organization, then I, I'm not trying to be funny, but you haven't been anywhere long enough to solidify an ideology or to solidify a routine. <laughs> You don't, think, you don't even have a routine yet. I, I I would disagree with that that point. I don't think organizations mean you don't have a routine. Um, I, I don't okay. think I okay. think that the nature of organizations is changing. Just the even the nature of organ, organizations is changing. I mean, because I'm in technology, I know that one of the big things now is going as decentralized autonomous organizations, and these are organizations that are fluid and don't necessarily have a leader. These are very fluid-type organizations. People, and this is what I talked about before, about innovating for your own needs, you know, based on what you need. These things are going on, and I think I, I, I think being in an organization is great. You know, if it's the right organization, if it works for, for the individual, but I don't think it's a necessity. I think people have been in organizations I, and have gotten out of them can I ask a question? because it didn't serve can what I, they thought they wanted to do. Okay. And what they well, can I ask you a question, happen, though? So you, you ideology are technology is probably more important. Right, but okay, but you're, to get an ideology, you have to be somewhere. Like, you're, you're very big in technology, but I'm quite sure you went to school for technology. You went somewhere for a consistent amount of time to get the groundworks because you can't be autonomous without being unanimous. It, it doesn't work like that. You have to have a unanimous foundation to understand an autonomous. Groups that work in cells got their ideology from a body, and then the body can break into cells because it knows what to do. 
So what I'm saying is not about being in an organization, but it, a lot of people have not been committed to anything long enough. This is a, you have to be okay. Commitment. That's different. I and agree I with that. You know what I mean? So what, that's what I'm that. saying. You haven't people haven't committed to anything long enough to have so much say so. Like we have to go back to disciplines. There are no disciplines. I'm out there, in the, you know, I, I'm out there in the woods doing what I do. If I don't discipline myself to get up, cut that wood, do this every single day, I can't teach. I can't show anything if I don't have a routine. That's what I mean by routine, a tradition. Mm-hmm. Culture is your lifestyle. Culture is tradition. And how is that being practically? How is that being right. practically applied if you haven't, exactly. you know, if you haven't developed a discipline in that? Right. You know, you're just bouncing all over the place. And I'm gonna be frank. And I, this ain't to any, the brother or anybody else, but I listen to a lot of people talk. What I see is a disdain for commitment, a disdain for regimen. So we're using this, and I'll use the brother's word, autonomy, free-spirited. Look, I am a soldier. I operate, I operate uh, not, hold on, I operate autonomously, but I operate from a body. You know, no, I don't have a leader, but I operate from a body. So we got to forget it, that. It, it wasn't just autonomy. It was it's, it's called decentralized autonomous organization. Okay. DAO. Right. It's but an you gotta, actual thing. You got to have a you, you got to have a centralized function to understand. You you can't respect war without peace. You can't respect peace without war. You can't respect learning without not knowing, and you can't respect not knowing without learning. There's duality in, in life, and you can't have one without the other. You can't lead if you never follow. You can't speak if you never listen. It all has to have a balance, and we're skipping that because we live in a society where, hey, you don't got to stay here eight years to get a degree. You can get a degree in four years that they got in eight years, but, yeah, you can get the degree, but you're missing the discipline of being there for eight years. I I, I see a lot of people out there that do have discipline, that do have discipline and that actually have I don't want to make this argument between me and you. You and I need to have our own conversation. (laughs) Because if I say yeah, left, you're yeah. going to say right. So I'm going to keep it real. No, no, no. <laughs> I don't got time to play. I'm just, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just saying I see those people out there, like you guys, right? You would no, say but, that you're focused, discipl- right? You know why, Are you though? disciplined? Yes, everyone disciplined. Else, yeah, yes. And you know why? Because I stayed in organization yeah. for 10 years. And I, I learned. That, that, I stayed one place and learned my craft. That, that was, and then when I got my right, that, right, go ahead. That was your journey. Other people are disciplined. Other people may be doctors and maybe law. I mean, they have their own discipline, and they are out here doing it. Like I have my own here in Toronto, Canada. Me and, and a colleague of mine, we have our own organization where we help black people who want to start businesses. We use our own. We do this for free for right. them, right? So well, where did you learn it? Because where did you learn it? So, so what I'm saying is that yes, there are a lot of people that are undisciplined. There are a lot of people that may be may not have focus. But then again, there are a lot of black people that actually do. That's not what do. I'm saying. That's not what I'm off. saying. No, I'm not saying not have focus, right. brother. What I'm saying, what I'm saying to you, my brother, because this is let's talk about it, so let's talk about it. What I, I'm not saying there are people who do or do not have discipline. That's not the point. The point I'm making is you say you do all these things, you sound like a very educated young man or older man. I don't know your age. You sound very educated. You sound like you've put a lot of time into your study and your craft. So it gives you an ability to come out and teach to build, to move on, to expand. But a lot of people in this movement, because of the era of instantaneous gratitude that we live in, do not have that ability to stay somewhere long enough to learn. And it's evident, you know, if you're in this movement knee deep, you see it every day. 
Yeah, I get it. You see, you see it every day. It. You see people every day. You know, and and there are those of us who who do it. I mean, we we talk about a lot of things in this show, but I'm sorry, I got to keep taking it back to the basics. People don't want to be told what to do. You can't have a movement if yeah. nobody wants to listen. If everybody wants to just do what they want to do, that's, that's anarchy. And it might get you somewhere, but I'm just sorry. I've never seen a total it, it, anarchy it is, It's complete survive. anarchy. And in fact, I think being in, I don't know how the government runs in Toronto, but I know being in America, that's one of the biggest illusions that they give black people in America is that they have, they can do what they want to do. There's no accountability, no responsibility to their brother or their sister. You know, we don't rock like that. In fact, individualism is encouraged and promoted. Like I said, I don't know the culture in Toronto, but here the Maverick, the Lone Ranger, the Fall Guy, Captain Kirk, you know, that, that whole fucking white male supremacist that that's the order of the day in here and we've grown up to emulate that get it by your bootstraps youngin you know what i'm saying get your own you know what i'm saying let them get his like you got yours so you yeah. know um with that type of mentality learning a discipline is a very strong necessity in america that's why like you see one of the things that even before our movements became very political in nature they started out uh, religious because of the whole discipline having to be, you know, finding the whole discipline thing, man. Especially, and I'm speaking from an Islamic perspective because that's where I came from, you know, and I asked my father, they said, one, because it made the white man angry. Islam was the complete opposite of Christianity at, at the time that, you know, they didn't have internet and all these sheikhs and all that. It was, you know, white man said Jesus, so I guess the opposite of that was Allah. Uh, but also, he said it cleaned us up. It gave us discipline, you know, and from that organism, from that organization, like you said, that DOL, I didn't catch the terminology, we started getting the other organisms to operate in a little more autonomous way, but they still operate to function for the better of the body in a certain in a certain discipline. Discipline is from the word disciple, or discipline is a certain study. You know, like whether you, you know, like I'm kind of not to get on the brother, but brother, you got a discipline. Like you said, I'm in technology. Therefore, your, all your innovative ideas are founded off a base understanding you technicians have. To be in technology is a certain discipline I would have to go through to even begin to speak some of the language you could speak to me on. I don't know that discipline, you know. And so I couldn't even be, so that's where the, um, ingenuity and the creativity and just the uh, whole innovative being innovative come from, but it came from an organized structure. It came from, you know, you operating in a certain discipline before you could even begin to do. And like you said, you work in what an organization with your partner, you guys created another organism and created another organization. You know, this thing got, I don't like it. I don't know Toronto, but you know, as a black person, you know, I know that we, we rock like that. We're communal. We we, we, we we operate in the organism function type of thing in nature. And, yeah, if one goes off and if we get one that strays and does its own thing, it's only to become a super gene to bring the rest of us along. It's never to go off and do its own thing by itself. It's only to be a pioneer to show where the black race is even further going to go, never to be an individual or an island amongst itself. Listen, we're coming down in our last minutes, and these mics are open, so if you guys want to talk, 
You know, now's the time to start burning up the mics. And also, let me send a shout-out there, too, to the listeners. You listen to Let's Talk About It. You know you got on. You got your brother Yang, the shotgun, McKay. If you want to get in here in these last 20 minutes, press 1. We'll recognize you. Open up your mic. You can join the discussion. And, brother, you come on, and I'm sorry I forget your name. What's your name again? Patrick. I'm actually from the U.S. I'm just living here now. I'm actually from Long Island. Yeah, yeah. You're from Strong Island. Why do you say Toronto? Because that's where I live. Oh, you're from the Strong, man. I'm playing with you. Still still kudos. You know, you're a New Yorker. This guy's a New Yorker. And our boy Patrick from Strong Island, who currently resides in Toronto. Press in if y'all want to get down on this combo. Shaka, McKay, to anybody, y'all, what's up? What do y'all think about everything yeah, yeah. that's going down or being said? I, go ahead, McKay, let me speak. Got it. Hello? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? All right, yeah, we, I can hear you. Okay, I said you got it. Go ahead. Oh, I just, I mean, earlier, I don't know if people are following the situation in the world, but we have uh, a lot of tension in the black struggle here in America with pop-up groups. And, and a lot of these groups that are popping up are because they don't want to follow a certain discipline or it's a personal thing or ego thing or whatever the case may be. And that's crippling us. Mm-hmm. You know, and we use, we use words like autonomy, and I, the brother ain't the first one to say that. This is an autonomous struggle. Let me give you an example of autonomous struggle. The Black Liberation Army of the 70s was an autonomous organization, but it operated from a central creed. And if you go to a website called uh, blackbooks.com, or no, excuse me, talkingdrum.com, there is a, a manifest called Message from the Underground. You pull up that manifest, and it is the total manifest of the Black Liberation Army, their manifesto, their opinions on everything. Now... You might not know me, and I might never meet you, but that manifesto is our common point of unity. So I don't, there's no leader over the organization. They tried to make a side of that, but there's no leader over the Black Liberation Army. They are autonomous and, and, and designed so that they cannot be captured, but they are unified and centralized in their ideology. That is central democrats, the democratics. You know, so you can have an autonomous unity. It's still uniform. But it is autonomous in the sense that you don't got to answer this one. You might rock it in Toronto a certain way, but the goal is blah, 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 blah. So how you do it in Toronto, that's cool. Just get to that goal. How Sister Makeda does it in St. Louis, just get to that goal, so forth and so on. But all that comes from a base teaching. The United States, Navy SEALs, Green Berets, these are small little groups that operate independently. But they all went through basic training. Eight weeks of basic training to get the fundamentals down so that they can become an effective autonomous entity. We have to learn this, y'all. There's no way around it. You, somebody going to tell Neely, you what to do. Brother Neely Fuller, I think, says it best when he says the ideology is the leader. And exactly. if the ideology is the leader, then that's the best way, and I think that's, that's, that's where you're coming from also. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and humility, humility, because we have to have humility, man. We have to be able for somebody who is more skilled in a field to tell you what to do, and you have to listen. 
So if Nilly Fuller walks in this room, Shaka shuts the hell up and listens. Because mm-hmm. he is way more advanced in economics and that field than I'll ever be. So with all my accomplishments and all my kudos and people that like me and all that bullshit, I shut the fuck up and await orders. Because you cannot be a leader. This is a struggle for black liberation. This is not a protest. This is not a, a demonstration, an advocacy thing. We are in an organized struggle that is 100-plus years for African liberation. You are part of the people's army. I don't care if you give out tomatoes on the corner. Your efforts are to further the liberation of African people. And at some point, you're going to have to recognize that you are either a mainline organizer or you are a fringe line organizer, but you are still part of a mechanism that you must adhere to. There is no separate liberation for black people. There is only one liberation for black people. And we need to stop moving like little brats in a room who don't want to be told what to do and start falling in like the soldiers we pretend to be. Under any structure, you're a soldier. I don't care if you're a part of the Uhuru movement, the Nation of Islam, whatever. If you find yourself working aside the people in St. Louis who are part of MP Dumb, Shaka ain't MP Dumb, but guess what? I'm not coming in there, Shaka. I'm coming there as a supporter of MP Dumb, asking what are my orders so I can carry them out to best further that mission. And if you don't have those disciplines to do that, then I'm sorry. You're, you're doing some good stuff, but you're not effective towards the liberation of African people. Got to be some lines drawn in the sand. Sorry, y'all. That's all I got to say. Sorry about the long time. No, I absolutely agree. Nah, you I, hey. Yeah. I believe that what you said, you know, across the board, uh, we have to understand um, democratic centralism is not just unique to our individual organizations. Like when you're disciplined and you are you're a revolutionary, you understand that the mission, and even like like the brother said, you know the ideology is the leader. So if the ideology is the leader, then whatever is structured under that ideology has to be followed as well. You know, the structure of the ideology that helps carry out whatever the function is and, and complete its mission. So, I, you know, like I said, I, I absolutely agree with you, Shaka, with, with regard to that. You know, and that's so. why we're not winning. That's why we're not winning, because we get to that point, the egos kick in. And the egos kick in because as much as we say ideology is the leader – when, some, when the white man picks one of us to highlight, the rest of us feel away. You forget about the ideology that fast. Or when you're in a high and you're winning at the moment, and then you get in a low, you don't support the other high. If you're in the military, and, and, yeah, I'm sorry. No, I, I was saying that's almost like what uh, uh, Patrick was saying a little bit. That goes back to that white man's approval. That's how they get you with right, that, right, right. you know, and that's, you know, that's how they get the one to step out there, get into his ego, and that's how they get the ones of envy. What are we mad for? Because the white man chose him to say the same, like you said, if ideology is the message, what the hell is everybody hating for? Because the white man to asked that particular person to, uh, you know, articulate the message, I think you're right. I think it always goes back to what I'm always talking about, and that's neocolonialism, the colonialist mindset. Mm-hmm. 
You know, we haven't mm-hmm. escaped that as much as we like we think we have because I think one of the things we do is we put a lot of emphasis on the white supremacy, but not white male supremacy. You know, and a lot right. of what we as men go through are unhealthy male relationships from our fathers exactly. to our comrades and everything because of white male supremacy. You know, we can't even, not only can we not intermingle with our women like white men do, we can't relate and should not relate or interact with one another like white men interact with one another. You know, we have to redefine all of that shit and make sure we know exactly what we're combating. And we'll see why we have some of the pettiest-ass issues. And I, I, tell you, I call it the Captain Kirk Fonzarello Syndrome in the party. Right, right, right. Everybody want to be able to brother to snap their flank, finger and have all the sisters running to them. You know, Captain, I call right. them niggas Captain Crunch back in my uniform days. You niggas coming there with so many stars and bars on the uniform, I know they neck is heavy. Shoulders got to be hurt. Christmas tree. Ain't seen nobody. Can't get through the airport with all that metal on, man. No way. You know, right, nigga right. ain't fought a neighborhood fight and got, and got purple hearts on his chest. So, you know, <laughs> it's that whole. You know what I'm saying? It's that whole uh, colonialist mindset, that that machismo, that 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 chauvinism shit. Right. But and I, I, we all suffer from it. We all suffer from it. There's yeah, no yeah, yeah, there's but, no one in struggle, including me, including Jenga, including I guess the brothers yes. too. If you're a real revolutionary, you you suffer and you understand it and you battle it every day. You know what I mean? And you right. battle it every but, day. I think one of the one of the biggest things is I see a lot of people. It's like we were on a call one time with the elders and this show, and it was all these elders. And the next day after the show went off, but at night, one of the elders was like, Shaka, give me a call. And I was like, yes, sir, right away. The next day, we got criticized by the elders. They was like, because y'all didn't talk enough. We was like, well, hell, y'all was on the phone. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you all these elders on the phone? Right. Shit, we ain't got nothing to say. Nothing. Right. This is your show. Right. And they, they was like, no, no young man, we want you to. Right, we was like, we want you. I mean, y'all got fifty, a hundred, three hundred years in this. Man, we humble ourselves, <laughs> and we, we, I ain't got, I ain't saying nothing, nothing. I'm not calling right. with nothing. I'm not arguing with nothing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Let, let them do their thing. You know what I mean? And it's the same whether it's the elder or experience. The brother lives in Toronto. What the hell I look like going to Toronto trying to tell him what to do in Toronto? Mm-hmm. All I know about in Toronto is that it snows. That's all I know. And they play hockey. I don't right. know nothing else about Toronto. So what the hell I look like going up to Toronto telling him, no, that's the wrong way, brother. Uh-uh. See, nah, you got to do it like this. This is how you got to do it. Man, we need to show when the brother tell us <laughs> what the scene is up there. Because now I'm right. curious to find out, black man, what took you up there? I thought the only thing up there was Drake. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He from somewhere right. up there or something? <laughs> so, like, yeah, Why we got not? Right. So we're going to have to have a show where Brother Patrick is telling us what the scene is up there, man. With yeah, the black community. Yeah. I mean, I was in Kitchener, Patrick. I know that much. I, I, I was in Kitchener for a little while. And, um, oh, you know, really? Okay. Yeah, I was in, yeah, I was in yeah, that, yeah. yeah, that little tiny town, Kitchener. I was there. You know what I mean? But even when I was there, it was a foreign world. I didn't, I didn't understand anything going on there, man. It is a totally different scenario. So in that sense, I agree with Brother Patrick. We have to have a bit of autonomy because how he carries out the mission can never be duplicated by what we do over here. It's impossible, almost to the to the T, because we live in different regions. So but, with that brother, but, I agree on that kind of autonomy, being able to carry out the ideology on a basis that works for you. Well, I think one one thing I will say 
that's encouraging. And I'm trying to look for some of the good points and good things that are going on and that we're doing, that there are some very strong quality relationships being formed between mm. us in North America and the continent. And I'm so shocked. Okay. I didn't think okay. it would happen this soon. Mm. And it's happening mm. okay. a lot okay. sooner than I ever thought it would happen. So I think that those are the things. There are so many moves that are going on now. Between mm. black people here in North America and black people on the continent, that is right, shocking. Right, right. I mean, compounds are being built between the two. Things are being mm-hmm. done. Well, I mean, big things. Like, I'm trying to get an office space in one of those compounds to say, hey, when I go, this is where, right, you know. So, yeah, right. so the, those things are yeah. starting to happen. And I think the only thing that needs to be done now is, and we don't have to have a full view, and I said this before, that there right. needs to be a what is it that we're trying There has to be some goals some very specific goals that we have that everybody can say, okay, this is what we're doing. This is what it looks like. This is what it feels like. This is what it tastes like. And this is where we're going on this one particular goal. So Mm -hmm. as long as we have the same ideology and now we know what we're fighting for, now we know what it looks like in the final analysis, the end game. Now we can go through. Now I can work with somebody like, the brother that's hosting this show, like I can I can work with somebody like him in the office and we may not even like each other. But we're going right. towards the same goal because we have in our heads this is what we're going towards. So mm-hmm. it doesn't make a difference whether we get along, whether we don't, it makes absolutely no difference at all. We're all going for the same goal because now we know what we're doing, now we know where we're going, now we know the timelines, now we know the plans. And we're all going in that same direction. And I think we just got to get to that point. That's going to take meetings. Right, 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 right. And I'm hoping those meetings are happening. But if they're not, they need to happen. Those are closed-door meetings that need to happen to figure out some of this stuff. And then so we can Mm -hmm. start getting it going because we need a win. We need a win to inspire our people. We need a win. We need some results to inspire our people. I I, I would say, too, we – we need a larger propaganda machine. You know, people can't ra- rally around what they can't see. We're going to have to. It's like, okay, I'm going to take it back to the streets. <laughs> you in the street game, you got to give out a sample. You're not going to move your product if there's no sample on the street. Bottom line. So we're going to have to create a sample of what we do or what is being done wherever you're at. Whatever you're doing, you got to create a sample that can be shown without exposing your upper hands or exposing your, your you know, your, your secrets or your techniques or whatever. Mm-hmm. But if you have to, even if you have to recreate a scene, just to show, like, this is what we're doing. It could be in the dummy place that you're not at with people who are not part of your organization. But that, that, that work is what we're doing. You know what I mean? We got to have that because people don't see it. Those are the wins that I'm talking about. We're agreeing on this. Yes, sir. Those are the I wins. Totally. Those are the things that inspire People, when people see a new right. school that we were able to get a school up, when people see we were able to build, to rebuild a school on the continent and have all uniforms paid for and scholarships and things like that, that inspires people. That says that, hey, we can get this. Exactly. Hey, we are doing something. And so the rest of the people can look because without the results, we're just talking, right? And as far as, mm-hmm. and as far as, 
propaganda is not just propaganda. It's propaganda, it's marketing, it's, it's public relations, mm-hmm. all of that, right? It falls into the same thing. It's yeah. digital marketing, all of that stuff we need, right? And we need to not do it ourselves. We need to make sure that we get the people that are experienced in that area to do those things for us because it is kind of a science now. All of the Google right. analytics and all of that stuff, <laughs> That's right. data right. mining and all that stuff, all those things need to be done. And we have people among us that can do that. So I agree with you. But make sure there sure are people who we, who we season in the ideology. I'll go back to what Brother Yang yes. said. There are people who are good at it, but what's their agenda? So we have to make sure that, right. and back to what Makita said with the politics, putting people in, that's back to that whole discipline thing. Finding people who have the discipline and who understand the ideology and can connect the two, ultimately. But, okay, and these conversations... Problem. Check this out. And the people that don't have the ideology and who are still learned in that, those are the people that don't know what's going on anyway. That's, those are people we're just paying to say, hey, can you do this? Just do this oh, yeah, part yeah, of, of the analytics. Just get that analytics. And then they get it, and we say, hey, thanks. Thanks. We really appreciate it. You know, move on. We exactly. might you know, use your services again. You see what I mean? We have right. to be clever about how this is done. This is a thinking man's yeah. war. Exactly, and I agree with you. I agree, but at the same time, we we like we can get a politician who just is in it for the politics. But if we're if we're talking about what again, what we're talking about is developing our own. So while I can pay someone to do it and get the job done tomorrow, I really want to have somebody who understands because I want that person to move with me to the next level. I don't, you know, I'll, I'll utilize anybody to get it done now. But I really want to get some apprenticeship going on here so we can bring in people who are not only going to do it and get paid, but who are going to do it, get paid, and understand why we're doing it and move with us so we don't have to use these people outside. Jewish people do not fuck with people who are not Jewish. Amish people do not fuck with people who are not Amish. Asians do not fuck with people who are not Asians. (laughs) Despite what the core of their thing gets it rocking, is they, they all have an idea of why they're doing it. There's a national further. And we got to start getting to that point where we don't entertain just capitalism. I mean, you know, and it's, it's a long road, and we can have this talk a thousand years, and we should. And another thing is we have to learn how to talk and then walk in harmony. You said something that all of us say, and I'm saying, Shaka Shakur totally disagrees with from here on out. It does matter if I get along with you. It does matter if I get along with Sister Makeda, if I get along with Brother Yenga, because one of the biggest problems in the black community is the lack of get along because of the intrusion of the white man. I don't want to I don't want to exist with black people. I want to get along with you. This is me personally. There's nobody else. I, I I agree, and I want to too. But the fact that I may not get along with somebody should not in any way have any bearing. I'm the final no, it shouldn't be that bearing at work. It shouldn't. But it I, I want no to I, I inject that. But I, I just I have to keep injecting that because too many of us are settling. We settle. You know, I'm, I got a car because it's a car. You know, I'm, I'm just I'm rocking with these dudes because I'm trying to get across the street, but I ain't really fucking with them. Like, get out of the set. Don't let that inhibit your motion, but make that part of your agenda. You working in an office somebody eight hours, make it your business to learn that person. That's another black person. Learn that person. Make it your business. Strive hard. Like we do with this white man. We work hard to get cool with this white man. Oh, God, do we work so hard. We, 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 we as a people, I'm not saying individual, as a people, we put a lot of energy into liking this white man. 
I just want to see us put that energy into liking ourselves. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna let it go right. for the rest of the show. Wow. All right. Great yeah. show, man. <laughs> we're coming on our last Makeda. We're gonna Patrick, man, I always appreciate the 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 input and some great points. Great points being made. Uh Makeda, listen, we're coming in our last two minutes. Did you wanna say something in the last uh minute, any announcements or anything? Well, see, I have no announcements. I just wanted to, you know, I would have opened it up to anybody making any announcements, but um, I don't have any announcements outside of, you know, um, we, we're talking about this whole organization uh, piece and, you know, having having some sort of discipline. You know, I know we all have our respective organizations that we belong to. For me, it's... Uh, Impedum, and you know, for those who who are trying to find a way to fight, because that was one of the things that we talked about before, as we opened up the show. People even knowing, you know, what it looks like to become disciplined in that kind of manner. Um, you know, if you wanna you wanna check that out and check out what it takes the process and become part of that process. Um, I know that you can go to uh, INPDUM.org and actually uh, join, volunteer, you know, figure out your place in starting to understand um, the move toward revolution and um, political education and all of those things that set the foundation for the disciplines that, that we talked about today. Um, and like I said, I know you all have your respective organizations as well um, that are revolutionary-based, you know, and, and are really set up to establish that that basic understanding of what it is we need to be moving toward and actually putting forth some kind of, you know, ideology. It, you know, it's based in some type of ideology that gives us a trajectory as to where we're going. Um, but outside of that, I don't have any announcements this week. I will well, we'll have one. I will actually have one next week, um, and it is centered around um, election and uh, politics and whatnot. Um, I'm, setting up, I'm actually setting up a page. I do have an announcement. I'm setting up I'm – I'm in the midst of trying to set up a page for the Homeschool Collective – so that if people want to uh, donate and if others want to participate in some kind of way, like do you have, a, do you have somewhere they can, McKay, do you got somewhere they can go? Cause you got 20 seconds to say, if you got a place, are you waiting the last 20 no. seconds to have an announcement? Okay. Well, listen, <laughs> thanks everybody. For listening. Yeah. <laughs> thanks everybody for listening to the I'm, show. I'm in the midst of getting that done now. Y'all always on me about that. I, 